0: of the darkness and into the light it's the this woman knows podcast
1: hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the this woman knows podcast i am your host lisa and alexander and today i'm so excited i'm so excited (laughs) because we have none other than the k matthews who is the founder of the shades of blue project so i'll read a little bit of her bio for you um So Kay Matthews founded the Shades of Blue Project in 2016, shortly after the stillborn death of her daughter, Troya Simone. So this successful um, owner of Baby Cakes and Brunch shifted into full-time advocacy for Black birthing individuals just three years after launching her business. So Kay is a fierce advocate of Black birthing individuals across the world. She's worked on and supported key pieces of legislation to help improve birthing outcomes and experience. So she's worked on the 2020 and 2021 Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act, the Moms Moms Matter Act, and Into the Light for Maternal Mental Health and Substance Use Disorders Act. Mm -hmm. Kay is a force. She is a voice. She is the voice in <laughs> Black Maternal Mental Health. Um, she is the founder of Black Maternal Mental Health Week, which is held every July, July 19th through the 25th. I got those dates right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> and so we're already excited about 2024. So help everyone, please help me welcome Kay Matthews to the show.
0: Hey, I'm happy to be here. Excited for this conversation. Always good to talk with good folks who get it. So I'm definitely looking uh, forward to the conversation.
1: Absolutely. So there's, there, there, there were so many ways we could have gone with this conversation. So we'll start here. Were you always entrepreneurial? Because I know that you had baby cakes and brunch.
0: Yes. Were you always entrepreneurial? Uh, Yes, uh, y'all. I was born an entrepreneur. I sold my easy bake oven cakes to my friends in kindergarten. So this thing is definitely embedded uh, in me. It calls my name. Uh, You know, I definitely have worked some corporate jobs um, in the past, but I often always looked at them as my sponsors. These things were sponsoring my dreams. Um, And when I made the decision almost eight years ago to walk away from my last corporate job, I made a vow to not look back. And luckily, thus far, I have not had to do so. So, yeah, entrepreneur is really who... Uh, I am, it's embedded in me. It's something that I am just like really honestly destined um, to do at this point.
1: So being an entrepreneur, so, and a lot of people don't think that nonprofits qualify as a, it's Mm -hmm. very much so a business. So can you tell us about that transition from entrepreneur Mm -hmm. now to nonprofit founder? What was that transition like?
0: It was a transition, just Mm -hmm. using that word in itself and understanding that in reality, what they're not telling us and not teaching us is that you do have to run your nonprofit like a business. You have to have revenue. Like you're not going to be able to be codependent on grant funding or these magical grants that people think exist. Just because you're a 501c3, let me snap you all into reality. It does not work like that. Um, grant funding is one piece of a nonprofit, but you have to have ways in which to bring in other dollars uh, to be able to do so. So when I understood that I could have these revenue driven and I could actually be running a nonprofit like a business, it shifted the whole dynamic of what I was doing. Um, the separation and how we could still have a for-profit entity that benefited the nonprofit, but we definitely had to have streams of revenue. It's the only way that we have been able to survive a decade. Um, is that that light bulb that came on that told me, nonsense, nah, you're gonna have to use your entrepreneurial skills in order to survive out here. So yes.
1: I love it. Because I'm a part of a few nonprofit groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever ventured inside of those groups, but you hear so many, and I'll say Black women in particular, Mm -hmm. who have these, you know, great passion and they have these great causes that they, you know, want to take on. And some of them don't even know how to get started. And it's like, I don't, Mm -hmm. how do I even get started, you know, making my 401 or creating a a Mm -hmm. 501c3, girl, I didn't went, you said corporate, and I went,
0: (laughs) (laughs) IRS savings, that's where I
1: went. 501c3. Mm -hmm. And they automatically think that it's a grant. It's like, okay, I get my 501c3. I got my paperwork back. Now let's start getting some grants.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no, it just, it's not realistic. And I wish that we would be honest with folks so that when the things happen where we feel like we failed, And the lack of not knowing is actually our failure. It's not our ideas. It's not what we bring to the table. It's the lack of not knowing the strategies or the implementation or the execution of a lot of things. Hell, I'm still out here learning stuff that frustrates me. And when it frustrates me, then I begin to feel like, oh, I must be doing this thing wrong. Like I'm missing something. Like there's a key piece. There's one little thing I must be missing that is making this not as easy as I feel like it could be. Um, and that's often a way that I simply discover things um, along the way of finding, like, oh, this is why this seemed hard. Because I really wasn't necessarily doing it the wrong way, but there were some extra steps that I needed um, to know. But I didn't know. And I eventually uh, figured it out. And I am the type of person is it doesn't take anything away from me to share with you. Because all my blessings are my blessings. That's why they my blessings. Uh, And all the years are yours. So I can't take anything away from you by helping you to navigate. I always call it, you don't have to step on a rock. If I can tell you, like, there's a rock, walk around it. Wouldn't that help you a lot? I had some folks that I just kind of watched from a distance. I wouldn't say that I had direct mentors because I'm also an Aquarius in my mind, goes on and off how it wants to do things um so yeah i'm a bit of a creative and i also know that my creativity needs structure at different times so with keeping uh, folks from trying to dim my creativity, because that's what I was finding would happen when I did be intentional about having somebody I could follow, it was really, it would really lend to me feeling like my creativity was being dimmed. Um, but that was just on them, not necessarily me. Um, so I tend to learn from others from afar. Um, And then picking up a book, listening to some audibles. I'm just saying there's other ways uh, to learn outside of the traditional. But yeah, I definitely have been uh, one that has been fighting for my creativity, like to not be turned out in the midst of this. So yeah. So this Virgo can definitely relate to your (laughs) Aquarius when it comes to
1: trying to dim said creativity, it's like, yeah. that's going to be a no. Yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's the way I've been
0: like successful at anything is when folks don't try to put me um, in a box and lens to back when I used to make cakes, oh you would just say, okay, this is my theme. Do your thing. You was gonna always get a cake that was more than what you could ever pay me for. But if See? you were like, I want it to be this and the border needs to be like this and mm-hmm. oh, but I'm gonna give you just that. And you're going to be wild. And I'm going to be like, mm, mm, mm. They all know nothing different. (laughs) Okay. It's the same when I was a graphic
1: designer. And it was like, if you put all these boxes around me, it's like, I want a black line here. And then I want an
0: orange flower over here. And then, you know, put this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: That's
0: exactly what you're gonna. That's what you're gonna get. But most <laughs> often times, though, I tend to, and you and I have that working relationship. Sometimes I have to be on the side of me, like, okay, if you do all that extra, you are gonna be like, okay, Miss Lisa, just go and do. So let it just do, and then you know that may be like one or two little things. Okay, can we add a little, but nothing yes. major, right? But I understand how creativity um works. Yeah. Um, it literally leads to just letting the creative be who they are and then adjusting uh to what it is you want to see. So yeah.
1: And then I um, it took time for us because mm-hmm. we've been working together three, yeah, four three, years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's for and so there is a level of trust. And so I have seen you yeah. relinquish work slowly but surely. And it's like okay, can I have mm-hmm. that? Can I have that? Mm-hmm. I can do that. And mm-hmm. it takes time. So even for nonprofit leaders, even if you're an entrepreneur, there is a learning There is a vetting people because even as a nonprofit founder, you don't always hire right the first time. Mm
0: -mm. No, that's just a part of the learning piece. Also, I encourage folks to never stop learning. If I I don't know enough, let me be clear. So I'm always looking for ways um, to broaden um, our scope. All the ways in which so I never stop um learning and so in that giving people that same extension of grace mm-hmm. um is that you build relationships. I've not been able to also make it this far without building um relationships like that. That's the piece. How are we gonna get on the same page if we can't even talk to each other? Or the lines of communication, learning how people communicate. Um, because texts are fine, yes. but they work only for a certain extent. Like sometimes you got to jump on a call with me, mm-hmm. uh, for my for me to have better and clear understanding. Because mm-hmm. I could be in a moment where I have a third grade level understanding versus the college degree that I hold. You know, yeah. so understanding that communications and the way in which we communicate will always fluctuate from person to person. So yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about. Black women founders, whether it be for-profit or non-profit, and so one of the things that I know for sure and have experienced and know is that funding Black women businesses can be a little tricky.
0: (laughs) Would you like to speak to that? Yeah, I, I as I learn more and more again, me and my learning stages is that it don't even have to be this way. Let's be clear. So we can state facts that it doesn't have to be this way, but because it is, um, as we have been deemed these strong black women, right? I'm so exhausted with being strong uh, just cause I'm black. Um, it doesn't have to be this way because we bring a lot of value um, to the table, um, and the first thing I tell folks is I walk into a room as a Black woman first before I open up my mouth, before I tell you who I am, before I tell you about any degrees or certificates and things that I hold. That's what you see. And so I have to talk you down from that's just a Black woman who walked into the room. And so this is why building relationships is key. And so that you don't just see a Black woman, you see K, and that you then also tend to look for K. Because K brings something to the table, whether it's the level of comfortability, it's my knowledge, it's the resources that I possess. Because one thing I know is no one can tell me my value because I already know it and the tax is included. But if we present it in that way, then our value would hold a lot more. And we wouldn't have to fight so hard just simply because we are Black and we are women. Um, And so how we we project and how sometimes we are devaluing ourselves along with devaluing others, that tends to be the thinking of others as well. It's like, well, if she don't respect her, why should I, right? And so what are we doing amongst ourselves and how are we showing up? Again, it doesn't take anything for me to help you out. People ask me all the time, Who writes your grants? I do, but that's from relationship building. The proposals are just formalities because I have built a relationship with these people and they still got a job. So they need the formality of a proposal, right? But the money I've secured it, I just need to take the steps in order to get it. And so understanding that what our power is as black women and how do we unify that without stepping all over each other? Or thinking that you're going to get ahead before me but what if that was how it was supposed to be anyway in order for me to get ahead i needed you and then when i get ahead i'm gonna help you like how does that like why don't we understand um that piece because we're always up against even invisible invisible things so we don't even know that we're up against we are already up against them right Because there could be conversations that are being had about you that you got to come back and you don't even know and you can't understand, like, what is happening out here. And so, all of these things that we are up against. So, the beauty of it is that we can definitely overcome it. There are ways to get around it. Um, There's this system that has already been built that we are breaking down these walls anyway. So, this system that is out there that puts Black people, as a whole in boxes and creates barriers for us that others could just walk right in yet. We would be stopped, frisked and, you know, sh- you know, warned and scanned and all the things before we could get in. Okay. Even, even so we still get in. Right. So there'll always be these obstacles um, that we are up against But I feel like collectively, we are so much stronger when we are working together and that we see value in each other and that every opportunity is not for me. My God, when I'm in rooms that I already realized, this ain't my opportunity. My mind goes to whose opportunity in my network is this? (laughs) Like, Okay, now let me start taking notes so I can tell such and such is an opportunity, girl. There's some things happening. But that's genuinely always been my character. Because I 100% know, even when things were not always great and things were bad, I was like, this is a part of the big picture. And as soon as the lens widens and opens up for me, I'm going to be okay that this thing happened. But for now, I just got to keep pushing through and understanding that when I do give the testimony, when I do talk about those experiences, that they are going to help somebody. Because in reality, we're not alone. There's nothing that you are going through that somebody else hasn't gone through. It doesn't diminish how you feel about it, though. Let's be clear. I am 100% at acknowledging when things are just jacked up. Like it's hard out here. Let's just call it and say what it is. Let's not be talking about, oh, well, it'll get better. And it will. But in the meantime, it's hard. I'm struggling. Uh, what does it look like uh, to get ahead, right? Can you can you give me a little, you know, some tips, some hints on, okay, there is some sunshine at the end of this, all these clouds. But when we, when we don't uh, see big picture, I think this is what really holds us back outside of the system. And so when you know that there are systems and barriers in place that will block us just because of the color of our skin, what can we do amongst ourselves to make that better? And we have power. That we don't even activate as black people most often. But there I push my button all the time. Not a superwoman. I don't have a cape. No. Because that's too much. You put me back into being tired as hell. Not that. (laughs) I do have a superpower that knows that collectively we could make this all different. And so that's what I really truly lean into.
1: So we're going to take a break real quick and uh have a word from a sponsor and some commercials and then we'll be right back with Kay right. matthews of the shades of blue project yeah. i am the spitting image of my father i share his big
0: eyes same dark tightly coiled hair same wide nose i am his daughter and i loved him and some days It's
1: a heavy cross to bear. Everybody, we're back. And so one of the things that you talked about, so there just there was just so much. So um being a black woman founder, nonprofit for profit, mm-hmm. sometimes in these rooms, disrespect is served. Sometimes uh, people won't acknowledge you and what you're bringing to the table they would like to overlook you and i know this has happened for me mm-hmm. we've had conversations and i think this has happened for you as well so mm-hmm. what should we do in those moments how would you advise a a female a black female founder who finds herself in that position where okay she was invited to the table but she got to sit way over there in the corner Mm-hmm. You know, at the far end of the table. It's how how do you how do you suggest that she handles those kinds of
0: situations? So it's something that I ask um, everybody to do, even when I'm speaking, even when it's my turn in a meeting. I don't care. I take the opportunity to say, remember why you walked into this space and make sure you leave what it is you showed up with. Whatever you need to get, it is up to you to lead with it. Whether it's the question, it's the connection, whatever it is, make sure you get it because you have to be intentional. People will say and do all the things in which they want to do. I have come to the conclusion that that's not my ministry. I can't do nothing about that. But in my face, though, you will respect me. Now, what you say behind my back, I have no control um, over that, but you definitely in my face, you will respect me Uh, because again, I know my value and I I accept nothing um, less than that. And these are the things that you and I talk about is I don't need to be validated, but I will be respected. Say that one more time, please. I don't need to be validated, but Mm -hmm. I will be respected.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And that is so that comes. Okay. So I used to tell business owners, female business owners that I was mentoring or working with, or even coaching, consulting that your business will grow at the rate that you grow your own Mm -hmm. personal development. So what I would find is that a lot of business owners, a lot of female entrepreneurs would come to the space with a whole lot of baggage. Yeah. With Mm -hmm. low self-esteem, you know, didn't know their worth. And so they would come to these tables ill prepared. And by that, I did not that they didn't know what they knew, mm-hmm. but in standing in their own truth and their power, and mm-hmm. this is what it is. And then I would just see them shirk and th- see them shrink. And that's that's
0: yeah. What that is though is that you're actually not standing in your strength and in your power because when you have figured out what your niche is. It's it becomes like I can do this in my sleep. I know how to do this because this is my niche. This is what I am supposed to be doing. I always say this work chose me. I did not choose it. My God, if it was a job, I'd have quit a long time ago. It's not what it is. It is where I am, where uh, I am supposed to be. Um, Mm -hmm. I live and breathe doing this because it embodies me. And so there's a difference in doing something to do it versus doing something because it's in you. And so then it becomes just like your norm. Like I can show up on the spot and do this thing versus it in this day and age. You ask me to make a cake, I'll throw a whole two year old temper tantrum. Like, why would you ask me? Like, you know, so like understanding where you are. And saying, not just saying that you stand in your truth and you walk in it, like really, like what does that um look like? Because it does um show up in the work um that you do, and you'll be unbothered by a lot of things when you're when you're in your own lane. Um, and so in my own lane, I am completely unbothered. Uh now there are times when people try me. But being unbothered and understanding that I am dedicated to this work in a different way from others, right? And so this is why they can't take anything from me, because why I'm here is my own reasoning, right? It's not there, so they couldn't understand it anyway. So I'm here for my own uh, reasoning. And so, yeah, that's something that I embody. So it really comes back to embodying who you are, why you're here, or like, what's your true purpose of doing what it is that you're doing? finding what
1: your niche is, staying in your own lane. And that's it. Okay. Thank you. So question. Mm-hmm. So when you have, um, you start, you started as an opportunity caterer. And if you mm-hmm. have ever been to any of Kay's events, <laughs> Lord have mercy. The caterer in Kay just comes out. It, it's a, yes. it's a beautiful thing to behold. I invite you to come if, Wait a minute. Yeah. Come because of the information that you get, but if you just come for the food. Oh my God. Okay. That's the production. (laughs) Shameless plug, but come I I have been to many conferences, eating a whole lot of boxed sandwiches and salads. That will not be your experience. Okay. So, but your what was your learning curve? Because again, you came from catering now into advocate. And into a space that you didn't even know about. So what was that learning curve like?
0: Um, to be honest, I came into just a different people-centered place. So catering, you know, you have to worry about if people going to like the food, if they're going to eat it, if they're going to pay for it, all of that. On the flip side is engaging with people who need the knowledge. Are they getting the knowledge in the way that they need? All of that. And then people are still people. And so you're still serving them, right? And so when you come into our events, you want to eat good food. You want to feel good. You want to be welcome in. That's the same job that I had as a caterer. It is where my passion lies as well. is putting on events that were not the same as everyone else. I never wanted you to have the experience that you had over there with me. And so working towards experiences is like, really like, what do people need? How do, what they feel when they come to a Shades of New Project event versus I went to this conference and it was like this, when well, I came over there a K's bit, you know, then it's like, you're giving names, you're calling out staff names and things like that. Like, that's the energy that I have always put in the passion that I've always put into anything that I have done, because that's the creativity in me. I am thinking about what does it feel like when you walk into the space? it's me telling the hotel, okay, mm -mm, whatever y'all be spraying, stop. Here's something that we have that you can spray. Like, I mean, just like every little detail of bringing people and making them feel like they the only person in the room is our goal in all engagement. But that's how I've always put that type of energy into my business as a whole as well is, Centering the person that is in front of you and knowing that if there's a thousand people in the room, there are a thousand people in the room, a thousand individual people that we are working um, to for them to have their own positive experience uh, and knowing that it's not going to be their way for everybody. Uh, but we have definitely presented in a way that we have tried to be as accommodating as 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 we could. And so that's been a continuum So it was just a transition of how do I keep that nurturing piece and then like curve it to this individual space around mental health and all of that. Uh, But I know that people will eat and and that makes us feel good like as a whole or um, even something as simple as a comfy chair. Like, oh, I got a blanket. Y'all got pillows, you know, like things like that. Curating spaces that people feel welcome in has always been uh, my niche. And so I just carried that over um, into this space. Oh, it's
1: definitely evident. (laughs) It's absolutely (laughs) evident. Should every female founder, especially if she's in a nonprofit and whatever her cause is, should she become a policy Worker or advocate as well are the two together? Can you can you be a nonprofit funder founder and not work on the political side or the legislative side?
0: Yeah, you can. Um, because okay. I didn't start out with policy. What I what I learned though is policy was a factor in the movement of my work. And so mm-hmm. when a friend of mine explained to me that they don't do anything different unless they have a memorandum. That says that there's been a policy change. I was like, oh bet. Let me go learn that. Let me mm-hmm. go see how this works both on a local, uh, from a mm-hmm. state level and then from a federal. So now I have like a whole federal policy team. I'm local, so I do the local and the national pieces. So it was some, it was a piece of this work that I needed because I wanted to ensure that the policies that were affecting my community mm-hmm. um were ones that were going to have a positive versus a negative impact on them. And so that tends to happen a lot in our neighborhoods. We don't know. We think that the president is the only thing we need to vote for. Your local mm-hmm. officials is yes. really, they bring the things. The president is just signing off. But your right. local and your national, those are the folks that we need to focus on and make sure that we have school board um, Yes, those. Yes, especially in our neighborhoods and things like that. And so, understanding that that played a big factor in my work is why I ended up incorporating policy um, into what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. It was difficult at first because it was new. Yeah. Navigating, like, what does this look like, and why is this like this, and Mm -hmm. how does you know how do things? And as we've done it um, for the past seven years, we've gotten really great at it because we have. We've done it organically. Mm-hmm. Right. So we were learning policy while doing policy and understanding that we can center community. When I'm in D.C., I am centering community. I am presenting as the community, although you know my title has founder and executive director in it. I know the neighborhoods that I'm representing, yeah. all of these different things. Um, so that also makes a difference, which made it contrary to belief that policy don't mean nothing and talking mm-hmm. to these elected folks don't mean nothing. It means a lot. You yes, just gotta be talking to the right ones.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Shades of Blue has a, y'all have just about commandeered an entire building. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much, pretty much have commandeered an entire building. It's a lovely facility. I invite anybody go take a yes. tour. It is amazing. Go see Shades of Blue mm-hmm. um, on Houston's north side. It's so for and I see this all the time. Also in these nonprofit groups, people are looking for free buildings and the one dollar buildings and things of that nature. Could you please address? We don't need to know all your all your business,
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: but how does one go about securing a location for their nonprofit? And are there one dollar buildings out there? Because if there is, I will start a nonprofit tomorrow.
0: Okay, so let's. <laughs> let, okay, we'll start with the one dollar thing. That's the thing of the past. Back in the day. You could buy land for a dollar at the auctions through the county. They did away with that project because folks abused it through their eyes. So that that no longer uh, exists. Also, I'll be completely honest as to positionality. So you got to get ready in order to be ready for when it's your time. And so when the world reset itself with the pandemic, we built out the center during the pandemic where folks were scrambling and things were low and all of those different things. So we got a reset uh, because I can tell you before we had this 10,000 square feet, we had 300 and we still got it done. That's the thing. We still got it done. There was no, oh, we need it. Yes, we do need bigger space, but we still get it done. And so we grew at the at the pace in which we needed to grow, um, so that we would not grow too quickly. And so, in reality, this space is great. But the person that I am, I know that we deserve greater. And so, what does the next look like? And so, that's where I am. Like this is a stepping stone. It's really great. I have. I definitely the person who comes behind us will have a great space because it was built with love from from the. From all the doors that you enter, it is built with love. Um, But I really do see uh, something greater for us because oftentimes as Black folks out here doing this work, we're told or conditioned to believe that we can't have greater. And I call BS on that. And so the only way I can prove that to be a non-fact is to show you. So- Instead of talking about it, I'm just doing it uh, slowly and gradually um, as necessary. But I know that this is not our stopping place. It is not our forever home. So I'm definitely still looking for um, our forever home because there are elements that in ways in which we can still serve the community in different ways that I know that's important. Um, But until we're in a position to do it, we believe in community partnerships. So we let our community partners do it until we're able to incorporate it into our everyday. Again, there's no one-size-fits-all approach to any of this. Uh, you got to do what's working for you and for the work that you're doing and be okay with trial and error of things that don't work out or seem you know, like they was and it didn't fall together. And, and congratulate yourself when the things do fall together and everything does work out. Like that's just... As important with me and the hashtag, we choose joy because we do. In the midst of all the things, choosing joy uh, is something that we honestly have to fight to do every day. But we, mm-hmm. it's our goal, so we got to make it happen. So yeah,
1: wonderful. I love that. And pe- please schedule a tour. There's yes. so, there's so <laughs> many amazing things happening. Yes, the boutique that's we like there. tours. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of my favorite parts about the Shades of Blue the the, the actual location is of uh, is the boutique.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I I was so taken aback because you always nonprofits are always giving away clothes to mm-hmm. people in need to the marginalized you know to um, mm-hmm. when you have um, rescue or you know you have those kinds of situations, you know people get they get used clothes. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the shades of blue boutique, Everything Mm -hmm. in there is brand spanking new or Mm -hmm. lightly used. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so people can go in and have this shopping experience So her clients, people in the community, they come in and it's like they're shopping and it's like, okay, one of these, I'll take one of these. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was the most amazing thing. And it goes back to your ability to make people feel welcome and comfortable Mm -hmm. in a space. And I think that speaks to the core of who you are.
0: Yes. Dignity and respect yes. um, is often missed in a lot of social support service structures. And what we want to do is to be able to give people that back. It is not um, our business that you need bra and pennies. Like that is demeaning for us to have to go and No, you do those things yourself. You shop for what it is you need. You take your time and get what it is um, that you need. Because, again, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen often and it's not the way in which we think. Um, social support is even supposed to be structured. I don't know who gave that, but I remember as a kid going um, into places that um, were deemed to help. And I didn't like the way they smell and I didn't like the raggedy furniture. I didn't like any of those things. And so as someone in this position, I don't ever want folks to feel that way when they come to us. Uh, when they come in, they say, oh, you got the good chairs, whatever that means, whatever that means. If that makes you feel good, then we'll roll with it. It's the good chairs, but it's the standard. Yeah, it's the standard around here um, is to give people what it is that we would want for ourselves. I mean, in reality, I don't want to go sit nowhere with a chair rocking back and forth and I don't know if I'm going to hit the floor or not. Or walking into somewhere that, that smells stale and like somebody took the trash out, you know, things like that. Like that's what social support services has been like for so many. And we want to ask myself around here, this got stuck in plugins. Like we will not have staleness in the air around here. Um, so no, that's like a no go. All, <laughs> all of those things yes. are like factors to people yeah. feeling like, oh, they actually care because yes. you know,
1: you know, they maybe do they went somewhere of, else. That is a part kill. of
0: marketing and branding.
1: That's all included yeah. in marketing and branding. So you yeah. are very yeah. good <laughs> in marketing and branding shades <laughs> of blue. So two more things I wanted to. Yes. Uh, Briefly talk about, and this is, there's, we could go on forever, but it's only like a 40 minute show. Mm -hmm. Um, Board members. Mm -hmm. Again, in these groups, you have people who, um, the whole family's on the board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what, what makes, what constitutes for a good board? Let's put it that way. What constitutes for a good board?
0: I think what constitutes for a good board is not thinking so much as to the traditional ways in which boards are created. I have seen boards be very harmful um, in many ways to folks, which is why we tend to put our family members on there, And then we learned that our family members are very harmful as well. And so we did not solve the issue uh, by going that route. It's really looking at your mission. And seeing if the people that are on the board are going to help you push that mission forward. And if the people on the board are not doing that, then that is not the board for you. And maybe it starts out that way because you want to get started. You know, sometimes we are flying the plane while building it, right? But we also have to think about that is what's the long term? Like this is a short term solution, right? This is a short term solution. Let's get this application and let's get this status. But what does the long term look like for where you want to be in two years, three years, five years? You know, mapping it out and being realistic about your goals. So the board thing to me is I believe in non-traditional ways in which we run boards. I also believe that there are many ways in which we could do boards. That could be an advisory board, like Understanding what it is that you need, that lead into what type of board you actually create or put together for your nonprofit organization. But the gist of the board is for a group of people to not govern in its traditional sense. Governing folks is not the way, especially not Black folks. Let's be clear that don't typically work out that great, right? So we get lost and you trying to tell me what to do versus you're trying to help me. Uh, But thinking about big picture, what are your goals? What is it that you need to accomplish and who's going to help you to do that? That's what your board should be uh, comprised of, whether it starts out that way or ends up that way. Just knowing the importance of bringing together a group of people that are going to help you push forward.
1: Absolutely. Now, um, there is a nonprofit organization that I know of that had the board had to remove the founders for Mm -hmm. improprieties. And there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of them. Um, it was really bad. And so the board, you want to make sure that your board, the board was more in line with the missions and values than the founders at some point. Yeah,
0: And that happens, uh, mm-hmm. which is crazy um, in itself, though, if we were to just be honest and not necessarily... I'm gonna tilt my professional hat it's very crazy for to have a, a a system in play that could remove you from something that you created because of all of these things let's just be honest about that I mm-hmm. that's a weird dynamic to me mm-hmm. um so this is why you got to be intentional yes. about your board intentional about why you're doing this work. And intentional enough to be like, do you need a 501c3 to accomplish your goals? That part.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Go back to square one. Mm-hmm. Does this need to be a 501c3? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I know that um, you're 10 years in. Mm-hmm. Shades of Blue, um, Black Maternal Mental Health Week. You mm-hmm. guys are 10 and five years old. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on Thank all you. the things. Thank you. Um, I would say the last three or four, the last two years for you that I've seen, that I've witnessed, they have been crazy, Kay. You have been on planes and traveling and doing all the things and, you know, making connections, which is a part of every business owner, nonprofit or not, has to do Mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. How do you take care of yourself?
0: Oh, we're not playing with our mental health over here. Uh, I'm intentional about that. Uh, The folks will tell you for myself and for my staff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what we need to do this work. So we come first. Let me be clear about that. I stand on that. I say that with my whole heart is we are at the top of the pole and then our clients, because if we are not OK and our clients come before us, they will always come before us, including our health, our well-being and all of those things. That's not how that works over here. We are at the top. We have to be okay in order to deliver all of these services and support all of these people. So being very intentional about how we make our year schedule, how we take our breaks, how much breaks, um, how many breaks we get, the in-between breaks, breaks and breaks and breaks. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, lots of naps. Uh, those are allowed on the clock in the center. We have a whole little space. It's called our happy place. If you come by the center. You'll get to see it. And we'll tell you all about it. Um, but being intentional and not being the norm. I've not ever been the norm. Um, they ain't nothing normal about me. I call it my regular, but to other people, it's just, you don't do things the normal way. But what is normal? I do things the way that if it was me and I was sitting back and I was, I was watching something, would I like that? Would I, how, what would be my response to that if my boss came and said, we have to work every Saturday? I ain't working on no every Saturday. So I ain't working here. Like, I don't do that. I also am intentional about the things that we do. So when I made the five-year strategic plan, I said by year three, we'd move into a four-day work week. And that's where we at. It's year three of that strategic plan. And as of November 1st, we are in a four-day work week because we can do that. Like we have worked towards those goals. Um, and it has been something that we talk about amongst ourselves. Like I only want to work Monday through Thursday. Okay, so I was going to make that happen. Like, what's our execution? Like, what's next? How are we going to make that happen? So we started out with working Fridays. And then the next year, we worked half a day on Fridays. And now we don't work on Fridays. Like, but we had to do that in that way, right? Nothing happens overnight. We completely um, understand um, that as a whole. But taking that into account and like looking um, big picture, And like, what does sustainability look like for you? You got to be out here crafting something that is going to hold for you. You got to look at the right now, the somewhere in between, and then the long term and just work towards it. Like, what's your end game? The end game for me is legacy. This is all about legacy. That's what it's always been. um, And that I have realized probably Somewhat about five years ago, that half of the things that I'm working for, I may not see in my lifetime, but I shall see some of it and not all of it. And that's the motivation uh, for me is that that is what legacy looks like. Um, And continuing to assure that the foundation in which we are building out here for our next group of leaders and the leaders who will come after them is one that cannot be broken. And when we do say we are our ancestors' wildest dreams, that we mean that. And that it doesn't just sound like something cute to say is that we really truly think in the context of if this was 1969, I mean, 1969, even that long ago. But if we was thinking and yeah, but if we was thinking like how different things were back then to write down, how much of that has changed? If it was 1950, would we still even have half of the rights that we have just being who we are, right? And that wasn't that long ago. So understanding when we say things in regards to the people who have come before us, make sure that we're doing a hell of a lot better for them. Not to upshow them. Are you serious? Like somebody had to say, I don't want to be a slave no more. And somebody had to say, Why women can't vote? Like somebody had to say that, you know what, I'm not following the norm. And that's it, get done. That's just it. Oh, I almost made it to the end, at (laughs) least without cussing. (laughs) But in reality, that is truly how it gets done somebody has to say, you know what, this thing actually could be a a lot better than this. And then we are really settling for uh, less than what we deserve or less than what we could actually be getting or receiving or doing. So, yeah.
1: Absolutely. So to all of our Black female founders out there, take care of yourselves. Miss yes. Kay is adamant. Her suppose. staff is adamant about Kay taking time for herself. Mm-hmm. They're like, is it time for you to...
0: Right.
1: Yeah. I, I will never forget that. It's like, shouldn't you be out the door now? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you need to schedule your vacation. It's like, and we don't want to see you. Kay and then it's a,
0: recei- yeah, it's a return. It's like, Oh, I thought she was out today. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's the proverbial walking in and being like, I feel energy. Everybody just go ahead and go home. I feel like we're tired. Ain't y'all tired? Y'all tired, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the understanding of mm-hmm. our place in this work, yes, and how much work we do, um, and that at some point we will have to go off script. We have to go off the, yes. the agenda. We ain't never sticking to the agenda out here. We have to go, out, go off the agenda. Agenda say we off on Wednesday. Yay, that's it. You know, like it happens. Mm-hmm. It's necessary, and it's how um, we're gonna keep this thing going. Because uh, what we know is 100 of what we do is needed. Yes. Uh, but what is also needed is for us to be able to do it in a capacity that yields better results and does not yes. add um, to what's already happening out here. Right. Okay. Thank you so much yes. for this conversation. <laughs> so tell people how
1: they can get in touch with you. Um, learn more about Shades of Blue, schedule yes. that tour. Maybe yes. they're looking for a job. They've heard so okay. much. and It's like, okay, I need to come work for Kay because <laughs> that four day weekend
0: and, you know, yes. naps, you know,
1: all of this That's sounds
0: it. wonderful. How do yes. they get in touch with you? Um, visit our website. It's Shades of Blue project.org And the Shades of Blue Project is across um, all social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We do have a TikTok. Let's be clear. We are up hey. to date. We are out here. Um, so, yeah, that's the best way to find us. We do have a contact us um, button on our website. Um, those responses come to me and one of the team members. So, we will definitely get back to you. Um, we certainly look forward to engaging. Like Miss Lisa said, we love tours around here. So, open houses, I yes. think. <laughs>
1: And so, if people want to hire you to have you come speak, they want yes you to come and talk to nonprofit leaders or come talk about Black maternal mental health and um, learn more.
0: We have a I have our own website. It's uh, dkmatthews uh, dot com that you mm-hmm. can reach out to us and we we'll return um, any messages that you leave or contact us that you reach out to us. Um, if that's something that you are definitely interested in. Um, I am organic with what I um, do. Um, so if you're looking for someone who is going to come in that is person centered, meaning everyone in the room is who I see. I don't see numbers. I see people. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely reach out to us.
1: Absolutely. OK, thank you so much, you're everybody. Welcome. I hope that you have enjoyed this time with BK Matthews of the Shades of Blue Project. Um, Definitely, I'll put all her links below and we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of This Woman Knows podcast. For show notes, blog posts, guest booking information and sponsorship opportunities, visit us online at www.thiswomanknows.com today.